The pursuit of greatness is sometimes walked alone. Welcome to The Underestimated Entrepreneur, where we talk about how to get the best out of yourself and how to build a life that you can't wait to get out of bed and live each day. This podcast is my attempt at documenting my journey, sharing my insights and what I've learned from being the private mindset and mental performance coach to some of the country's top athletes, rich listers, entrepreneurs, and running events for tens of thousands of people on how to better themselves and those around them. This is for those driven to achieve more in life, but are often underestimated by those around them. This podcast is my attempt at helping you prove your doubters wrong. Please enjoy. Driven mofos, welcome back to another episode of The Underestimated Entrepreneur. So I was just reading a book. There's some great philosophy that I read. I, I love reading philosophy and how the great thinkers think. I also love reading a lot of advanced science and stuff like that. But this morning, I was just reading a philosopher called Epictetus. And Epictetus had a section in one of his books called The Pursuit of Wisdom Attracts Critics. And I just want to read this out to you as a way of you really thinking about your own growth in life. And it says here, those who pursue the higher life of wisdom who seek to live by spiritual principles must be prepared to be laughed at and condemned. Many people who have progressively lowered their personal standards in an attempt to win social acceptance and life's comforts bitterly resent those of philosophical bent who refuse to compromise their spiritual ideals and who seek to better themselves. So what's he saying there? What he's really saying is, and by the way, this was written almost 2000 years ago. What he's saying that even 2,000 years ago was that those who tend to pursue things that are important to them, when we talk about spiritual practices, I'm not talking about people who are religious. I'm not talking about those who go and meditate. I'm not talking about any of that. What I'm talking about is those who are purposeful in life. That when you're purposeful in life and you follow that path of your own inner knowing that you're here to do something greater, you're here to do something better, you're here to improve yourself, you're here to grow, and all of those things that are important to you, which is probably why you're listening to this podcast. Normally, you'll get ridiculed, judged, and condemned by those who have given up on their own spiritual path, their own purpose, their own mission, their own values, their own goals. And so they fall into a conformity amongst the rest of their peers who have done the same thing. Now, when I look out into the world as someone who follows my path, you know, I'm very precise about living in accordance with my life purpose, my values, my mission my vision, and then I create lifestyle balance around that, which works for me. That's why I live a great life. That's why I love this stuff. I love my life. I love what I do. Yeah, it's challenging. I go through shit all the time, but I love it. I wouldn't do anything else. Like I really enjoy life. Every day to me is something interesting and exciting and and fun. But in saying that, there's a lot of hardship and challenges and stresses. Like every day, there's just more and more and more work. Like I've got about two weeks worth of work to get through by the end of tonight, but I just chip away at it and I just stay calm and do what I can and whatever I can't do, there's no point stressing about it. I just get it done tomorrow. That took a long, long time to learn that too, by the way, 39 years. When it comes to you living your life, the first thing that's going to happen is once you start doing something outside of the norm, based on your friendship group, your family, and the people that you associate with, you're going to be condemned, criticized, and judged. And what most people do is that they try to absorb themselves back into that group. And they do it by then changing their goals, changing their purpose, changing their mission, adapting their values, and convincing themselves that they'll change it later on. But they're trying to figure out how not to be judged, how not to be, you know, not accepted by their peer group. But when you do that, you lose part of yourself. Eventually, one of two things will happen. You realize that that is a really shitty path to live and you'll hate yourself for it. 
And so eventually you'll make the decision to just do what is right by you and start stepping up, serving your purpose, living your mission, setting good, clear goals, and being more effective and being more valuable as a person. The other thing that you'll do is you can do what most people do, which is probably 80 to maybe 90% of the population. And that is that you'll give up on your own goals, your own dreams, your own expectations, your own purpose. You'll give up on what's true to you and you will conform. You'll conform with a group. Most people think that there's this big conspiracy theory that, you know, the government's setting everything up to try and get rid of people's value in life, their energy, their life force, and they're trying to take shit from them and all of this. I don't believe that that's true. I think that even politicians fall into a sense of conforming. Most people who are politicians, they go through school. At school, they're probably a little bit nerdy, a little bit geeky. Very few politicians are good at sport. If you've ever watched most politicians play cricket, play football, play soccer, or do anything with sport, when they're making an appearance, they normally look like they've got, you know, I don't know, tentacles, not arms and legs, right? They just don't operate very, very well in a way where they can operate effectively like someone who's coordinated. So they're probably the geeky kids at school. They go to university, they get a good education. And a lot of the, the university that they go through is politics or, you know, it might be global economics or something like that. They go and do something that will enhance their career as a politician. And then they come out and they start working in a political party or they start working in maybe an accounting firm or a legal firm at the bottom. And all of a sudden they get into politics and they get this sort of power and this recognition. And then so now they start acting in accordance with everybody else because now they're in this political arena. They're still adapting and they're still doing what their party wants and what other people want around them and their peers. And so very rarely do they develop great leadership skills, high level ability to make decisions outside of the norm. They're trying to fit into their political party. The political party is trying to fit into what their donors are giving them because they give them money. So they do what their donors want. Then they start to sort of mince their words in different environments. So they tell one party something. So they go to a whole bunch of greenies and they say, oh, we're looking after the environment. Then they go to a whole bunch of business owners and they go, well, we're looking after business and the economy and we're trying to help make things more economical. Then they go to the unions and they say, you know, we're fighting for workers' rights. They're full of shit. They're always adapting and morphing. They have no leadership, no backbone, no nothing. The only thing that they have is the ability to talk and do politics, which, you know, Dr. John D. Martini says, poly means many and ticks means tick, bloodsucker. So he said there's many bloodsuckers in politics. But even at that level, they're still doing what everything wants. If you go to corporate business, corporate business is just full of a whole bunch of arselickers that essentially do things that get them rewarded. So they work as individuals most of the time. They're all trying to push their way up the economic ladder. They're stuck in the golden handcuffs where they're working a job that they don't like, but they get paid really, really well. They have to kiss ass all the time. But then at the same time, they're doing underhanded shit under the table. How do I know this? Because I've worked with those people before, right? I've been in plenty of corporate businesses and worked with their teams and so on. So most of society just operates in that way of conforming, but trying to bust out of the conformity. But at the same time, they keep conforming to bust out of the conformity and they lose themselves in that process. They lose their own spiritual awareness. They lose their own ability to think effectively, to think clearly. And so even COVID showed that most people, including politicians, the medical system, they all just tend to conform with what everybody else says. I have a lot of access to really good doctors because they come through my events. And when I spoke to them, they're like, you know what? I think the way that COVID was handled was fucking bullshit, but they'll never say it on public record because they're scared. And then there were people who are in the high level institutions that are regulating these systems who say the same thing. So in APRA, which are the people who essentially monitor everything that happens in the healthcare system, I guess you could say, they're a board or an association. There were people in there who weren't vaccinated, who are forcing this agenda of vaccination, but they weren't vaccinated. 
And they were the ones who were pushing the rules. And I know that for certain because I have access to these people, right? So I know this shit, right? I'm talking firsthand about this. All of these people are all conforming. Guys, is it time to get out of your own way? Top executives, rich listers, athletes, high-level celebrities, top performers all know that it's easy to slip backwards and start making excuses, which is exactly why they have coaches. These are literally people at the top of their game, and they still have coaches. So why shouldn't you? Having a coach means having a competitive edge, an edge that has you three to four steps ahead of everybody else in your industry, in your game, and even in life. An edge that gives you inner strength, confidence, and grit to handle anything in life. That's what you need to accelerate in life. Are you ready to step it up? Are you sick of trying to figure out everything on your own? Let's work together and finally break those barriers that have been holding you back for so long. Let's get you experiencing the success and the fulfillment that you've been dreaming of. Apply for my elite mindset and lifestyle coaching at michaelmojo.com. Go check it out. Very few people step outside of conformity because they know that when they do, when you pop your head up, someone shoots it off. So you have to be careful. You can only lift your head up enough. There's part of you that has to conform. There's part of you that wants to bust outside of that. We all know someone who's crazy and erratic and they think that they're being controlled by everything. They're fucking crazy and erratic and all that shit. And they're trying not to conform, but at the same time, they're the ones who get locked up and put in jail because they're too erratic. So the real key here is you have to follow your own spiritual path, which means following your own mission, your own purpose, your own values, if you want to live a great life. But in doing so, you still have to follow rules you still have to sort of partially conform, but you have to do it in your own way. I partially conform still. So even though I do these podcasts and I say what I need to say, I still partially conform because there are things that I can get away with and there are things that I cannot get away with. There are certain things that I can talk about on these podcasts and there's certain things that I can't talk about. In my events, there are certain things that I can push the boundaries with because maybe I get to know you more so I can open up more about things. That's why sometimes when people hear my podcast and then they come to one of my live events, they go, holy shit, I didn't know you had all this knowledge. And I go, because I can't share this outside of those events because a lot of people aren't ready for it. They would like me to, some people would, but a lot of people aren't ready for it. I was talking to someone the other day and I started getting into time dilation, which means how people think about how people's stress levels and mental and emotional states distort time, which is a theory of quantum physics and physics, right? Einstein spoke about this. So... I talk about that at my events and they said, shit, I didn't know you had that understanding of these types of principles. And I said, well, yeah, it's because I don't really talk about them in the general public because I don't need to, right? Everyone's at a certain stage. Why would I talk about really advanced shit on my podcast, which is going out to the general public? Whereas when I can talk more about that in more of my advanced events, because you've been through that and now I know you understand common principles that I go through, I can start opening up more in-depth shit. When I start going through and I start talking about the great philosophers, you know, I meet heaps of people who come across my work and they go, I'm spiritual. You probably don't understand, you know, spirituality. And I'm like, okay, cool. Go ahead. And they start talking. I'm like, okay, what do you think I don't understand? And they're like, well, you're not really into the spiritual stuff. And I say, interesting, because I have been and seen Louise L. Hay live at live events. I've been around when Wayne Dyer was around. I've been to his events. I've sat down and had dinner with Dr. Joe Dispenza. Dr. John Martini is a good friend of mine, so they speak in those industries. I have studied things like ancient Chinese philosophy, and I've studied them in depth, so I don't just sit there and go, yin and yang, everything should be peaceful, we should meditate more. That's not yin and yang philosophy. If you actually study it, that is not what it is. It talks about both peace and war being the same thing. So that's the yin and yang philosophy. So I dive deep into this stuff. I've read Aristotle, I've read Plato, 
I've read, you know, a lot of the great philosophers. I'm going to start reading Immanuel Kant soon as well. You know, like a lot of those people, I have read their work. I read stuff when people like quantum physics because they go and listen to a little bit of an audiobook on basic physics principles and they use a couple of terms. People think that they know quantum physics. I don't know quantum physics and I've studied it way more than the average person. But you start talking about people like Max Planck when you go and read their work. You know, you go read about Heisenberg and people like that and you start reading about some of the great quantum physicists. There's so many of them that I've gone and read their work. When it gets into the mathematics, holy fuck, I have no idea. But when you read the basic principles of their work, you go, shit, this fits into sort of some spirituality and a little bit of human behavior as well. And so you can understand that anyway. But most people don't know that stuff because I don't open up in depth about that on these podcasts. I know a lot about human biology, but I tend not to open up and dive in depth into it. But I know a lot of people who work in those industries. I'm around it all the time. I worked in a medical center. So I understand a lot of things that most people don't even know that I talk about. But my point is, is that you have to stay on your own path and be congruent with you. Because anytime you're incongruent, you start feeling guilty, you start feeling ashamed, you start feeling depressed, and you start beating yourself up because you know that you're adapting to external forces instead of staying on your own path. And it's a test. So your goal in life is to walk your path, to serve your purpose, to live your mission, to make your visions become reality through goals and through the right mindset and psychology. This is why I created my Thrive Time event because those principles are all in there. A lot of the principles that I studied from physics to chemistry to biology, right through to ancient philosophies, I put them in there, but I make it so that you can use it in practical application every day. So you can come to that event and use all the tools. You understand what I go through, but I don't make it so advanced where you're just like, I don't understand any of this shit, right? We've had 14-year-old kids. Actually, the youngest person, Josh, was 13 when he came and did Thrive Time. And he was fine. He sat there for the whole four days and did the event. You know, we've had the phrases come through. And I think their kids were 13 and 15 or 14 and 15 when they came through and did it. It's not super advanced, but my point is in the pursuit of greatness, you're always going to be pulled off track in different directions by everybody else who will offer their path. You have to decide if conformity, fitting in and being respected and appreciated by people outside of you is what you're aiming for, or if it's about pursuing your own inner greatness. And if you follow your own inner greatness, you'll get external criticism. But the thing is, you won't have the internal criticism. You'll get external judgment, but you won't have internal judgment because you know you're doing the right thing. If you do it the other way around and you live by adapting your behavior to everybody else, trying to fit in, trying to prove yourself to everybody else, waiting for mum and dad's approval or you know your friends, your family, society's approval, the external will approve of you. But on the inside, you won't approve of yourself. You'll disapprove of your own life. You'll avoid external criticism and you'll get external praise, but you'll have internal criticism. And you'll judge yourself and beat the shit out of yourself. You'll avoid external judgment, but on the inside, you'll be judging yourself because you're not where you want to be. So you have a choice. Do you want internal recognition or external recognition? Because you only get one or the other. You don't get both. Okay, you do sometimes, but you've got to be on your path for a while before that happens. But you choose how you want to live. Anyway, Driven Mofos, just remember in the pursuit of greatness, you get to choose if you want to live a great life and do what's right by you, or you get to live by a way of what's right by everybody else, but most people don't even know what's right for them. So how can they judge and criticize you and give you tips and advice and tools when they haven't even figured out their own shit? So anyway, Driven Mofos, have a great day. Keep kicking ass. And I look forward to joining me back here on another episode of The Underestimated Entrepreneur. Keep going hard. <laughs>